We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of 21 Questions, brought to you by our good pals at McAdoodles, opening in Lee's Summit imminently. And when I say imminently, I mean pay attention because it is going to be opening so soon. That's where you want to go get all your beer, liquor, wine, whatever it is that you need. If you've never been to a McAdoodles before and you are in the Kansas City area, get yourself over to that one. Understand what you've been missing all along. Or, you know, just go ahead and set up shop there because you're going to want to come back immediately. Joining me this week, my name is Craig Stout, and joining me is our community outreach organizer for KCSN, Christian Gummager. Christian, my friend, I've been wanting to get you on here. We added you to the team a while ago, as I've said multiple times. Charity is a very important part of the KCSN community and what we do here. And you were kind of added in to kind of help grow and shape that in a way. So why don't you kind of talk to the people about what you've been doing behind the scenes? You're not as forward facing as some of the rest of us are. I mean, so why don't you tell the people what you've been doing? Yeah, uh, this is actually my first pod with uh, KCSN. So I'm extremely excited. This is the best one to do it on, too. Uh, yeah, this is the oh, one that's absolutely. Most this is the one that, you know, it gets a little wild, especially in the bye week. Let's get yeah. at it. <laughs> um, but yes, the KCSN Foundation, um, it does so much for the community in Kansas City, whether it's through the Hope Faith Ministries and feeding um, the homeless there, whether it's the My First Game campaign, which I can't tell you how cool that is, that we get to take uh, kids to their very first Chiefs game from the uh, Boys and Girls Club of Greater Kansas City. We partner with Tickets for Less to do that, and it's just, it's awesome. Like, it's <laughs> It's so much fun to see the joy on their face. You know, we take it through all the rituals, whether it's the banging on the side of the wall as you're going up the turns, the oh, whatever those things are. Yeah. All the way to the uh, home of the Chiefs, yelling on third down. I, I, we put them through all of the arrowhead rituals, and it's the, the everyone has had a blast so far. So um, the KCSN subscribers are directly affecting that. Our golf tournament um, helped that out. It's just really, really cool. Yeah, it is really, really cool. And it is so important to us that we get to do that. So if you are listening, if you are watching, if you're doing any of that, you've helped with that. Ew, one way or another, you have helped donate to that, which means that you have helped the community of Kansas City in a measurable way. So yeah. thank you very much. And yeah, Christian is the guy behind that. So Christian's going to jump in here. He's going to answer some of your questions coming from the Discord community. That happens. You get access to that. If you are a KCSN subscriber, if you go to KCSN daily, subscribe to the Substack. You get access to that. It's a great time. We're adding features constantly right now. So it's a really cool environment to be. We're going to start with David Borland here. It says, it seems like offensive pass interference is called against tight ends at a much higher rate than wide receiver. Is that true? 
or is my data sample skewed by how often they call it against Kelsey? Well, I will say this. I, I do think that offensive pass interference happens more often on like pick plays, rub routes, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I do think that it's more on the edge, not necessarily a tight end stat. I would be willing to hear the argument, though, that from a target share percentage, that offensive pass interference gets called more on tight ends. And Christian, I know you're an NBA guy as well. You you follow the NBA. Yeah. This is the equivalent of like a big man collecting fouls just because yep. he's physical and he's big. I mean, if you want They're to speak to that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially when you're going up against a cornerback or something like that. I mean, uh -huh. you got a guy like Travis Kelsey running around out there. He's naturally going to pick up some of those. Yeah. Defenses have learned you can't put a linebacker on Travis Kelsey. And they put small <laughs> DBs on him. And he's yes. just stronger than them. Yes. Uh, he's also, you know, tight ends are usually working in the middle of the field where there's just more chaos going on. So there's just more opportunity, really, for them to be a part of those rub plays or pick plays when it's actually called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, if you remember the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 54, George Kittle got a pass interference called out of him just because he was stronger than Dan Sorensen. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if it's Kelsey specific. I, I would buy the argument that it's probably more tight end specific. I, I would agree with that as well. Grayson asks us, is it safe to say that Rashad Fenton isn't a starter anymore? What's your initial gut reaction with that, Christian, with everything that's going on with the rookie corners? My eyes tell me that he shouldn't be a starter anymore. <laughs> now, does he know the defense? Does he have the trust of the people who are making the calls, yes, because he's been in the system for four years now. Um, also, he's you know getting ready to probably be testing the free agency market. I would be surprised if they bring him back. They're going to try to let him put his, you know, put reps on tape mm -hmm. so that he can have an opportunity to make as much money as possible. But the rookie corners look good. I can't really they deny. Do. They do. I will say. I, I think Frank Clark missing the next couple of games does matter. Uh, Titans and Jags are going to want to run the ball, play a lot of short, shallow stuff. If there's one thing Rashad Fenton is awesome at, it's tackling and tackling Coming in the flat. Up. So I, I, I think that it's not quite safe to say that he's not a starter anymore. I think we might see a couple of weeks with some rotation. They've done that in the past with Fenton. You know, and Mike Hughes last year. Certainly these rookie corners are playing enough to justify snaps. So I think we'll see some rotation, but I do think that we'll see Rashad Fenton continue to be the starter for the next little while. All right. Let's use CFOX61 here. Using PFF trade deals, would you rather have Quinn for a 2023 fourth and seventh? That's awful prescient. Or Bradley Chubb for a 2023 third, sixth, and fourth? Obviously, Robert Quinn's off the board at this time. This this question was asked earlier in the week. But, man, I, Christian, I don't know about you, but I got to go with Bradley Chubb. I, I know that it costs more, but, man, at this point, the younger player, I, I know Quinn's had a better career, but there's room for growth. And we, as we've seen with Brett Veach, he doesn't like trading for players that are over the age of 28. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is younger. You still have to pay him. Yeah, um, he is going into free agency, so that's the hard part with the deal. Is uh, as you know, our friend Joshua Briscoe said, you know, you don't want to pay the uh, pay for the opportunity to pay him again. Yeah. So um, that was the one thing with Quinn is that it's a, it's a deal that's kind of already in set, and you kind of know what it's going to be for the next what two years. Mm -hmm. But man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. He, he got he got away. He got away for a fourth. Eagles just continue to kill it. My my team that I love was in, so in love with in the offseason just has continued to do that. Johnson Gardner Johnson, Robert Quinn. It's a good football team. They're doing a good job over there. Strongest Avenger 14. Kadarius Tony returns punts now and gets half a season and an entire offseason to learn McColl's role for two more years of cheap jet sweeps. I mean, I, I think I know that in the lab that we discussed earlier this week, we talked about how this might be more of a future move. And some of that is because Brett Beach and company have kind of 
put that out into the world a little bit. They've tried to make sure everybody understands. It's like, this isn't just, we're not making this move for right now. We're making this for the future as well. Wide receivers are getting really expensive. This is fairly cheap in the grand scheme of things. So, I mean, cheap jet sweeps, it, it seems a little reductionist, I guess a little bit, you know, obviously getting a good joke in there. I think he's going to offer a little bit more, but even if it's just the McCole Hardman role, and even before that, the Tyreek Hill role. If you've got Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony in that role, that is an important role in this offense, that shallow stuff. Not, not just the vertical element, but the shallow stuff and the ability to take stuff out of the backfield as well. I mean, I, what was your gut reaction to it, uh, Christian? What, how did you feel when you heard the Kadarius Tony news? Yeah, I haven't actually got my takeoff about this yet. Yeah. I mean, but uh, I, I was confused at first. I was like, okay, a receiver? I don't. I would like to see more Sky Moore. I don't know if I need another yeah. receiver right now. Um, but then, as I started to think about it, and started to hear some some of the analysis come out. It makes a lot of sense. He's what just under five million dollars for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was the number twentieth overall pick. I know. Like it, he wouldn't it, have been available if the Chiefs had a first round pick. Correct. Yes. Um, and you give up the equivalent of what of Leo Chanel. Uh-huh. If you tell me you get a you could get a difference maker for Leo Chanel right now, I think you do it. Yeah, I mean, or yeah. Dorian O'Daniel. Let's let's use Dorian O'Daniel because I still like okay. Leo, but you know, we'll just use that. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the same sort of deal. That's the, the range same. of player that you're talking about there. Yeah, Even Joshua at, Williams, yeah, a player like that. Like if you're talking about the overall compensation of like a Joshua Williams, we love Josh. We would love to keep Josh. Kadarius Tony's ceiling is immensely higher than Josh Williams's. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, and I I think one of the things that's interesting about the Tony move is that if you look at some of his plays with the Giants specifically, all of the misdirection and all the things that they were trying to do fooled nobody because no one believed them. <laughs> there was no, if you watch the linebackers try to flow on some of those jet sweeps, they just kind of – you know, casually moved over to the direction he was running. There was no like, oh, they're going to get us because there was no specialty with the, um, you know, the, oh, who was the coach? Joe, Joe Judge. Judge. Joe Judge. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Jones. There's just nothing exciting about that. But now you have nah. Andy Reid and all the other weapons. It's it's going to be a little bit more impactful. Oh, absolutely. So it's cheap. There- I think you do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. So uh, kind of two and one right here. Cote 19 asks, what's a realistic stat line for Tony this season? BA Cyclone asks, is Tony going to be involved much right away in 2022? I mean, to date right now, Kadarius Tony, if we look at what he's done in the past couple of years now, again, he's been hurt. You know, he's been dealing with injuries. He missed some time for COVID. Like, There's just a lot of stuff like that. Last year, he had 57 targets for 39 catches, 420 yards, only three rushing attempts for six yards. Obviously didn't get him too involved there. I mean, at this point, I I don't know what it's going to be because I I think he might be kind of buried in the depth chart a little bit. Um, This is a good receiving core, and we're seeing them kind of come into their own a little bit. McCall Hardman is in that role like i maddie said it on the lab earlier this week you you don't watch mccall hartman run jet sweeps and go man i wish he was doing better like he's great at him like that's that's everything that he's doing very well so it's not like you want to take that guy off the field in those roles and then you got juju mvs they're starting to come in their own travis kelsey you want to see more sky more i mean they'll work him in here and there but i don't know that i'm expecting more than maybe oh i don't know 20 catches for you know 200 yards at this point like i i think that that's probably around what will happen for the rest of the year now his impact may be more than that but his stat line Mm -hmm. i don't know that it will be much more than that for the rest of the year in this chief's offense so you think like two two catches for 20 yards here on out yeah yeah and i think you know average average there'll be some games that i don't think that he'll get targeted so yeah yeah I mean, if you look at what is what is Justin Watson at right now? Oh man, yeah. While you're talking, I'll look that up. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a couple. You know, he has the big touchdown over the Chargers. He had a big touchdown last week. 
other than that, it's a few catches here and there. I think it's probably a dozen catches, maybe, if that. Yeah. Uh, actually, it is currently four catches for 64 yards. I think we just all remember the two catches on two targets for 50 yards and a touchdown from that uh, from that Chargers game. But only one catch against the Raiders, one catch against San Francisco. So, I mean, that's that might be a more realistic look at what Kadarius... Obviously, Kadarius is more talented, but more realistic look at what you might expect in this offense. Yeah, but I think I think that's going to be a valuable move because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the Bills just have playmaker after playmaker after playmaker, and their corners and their secondary is as young as the the Chiefs' secondary. So just yeah. add more weapons, add more options, be more variable, and you'll have an opportunity if there is a rematch. Yeah, there's this is this is definitely it, to me this screams this is a December January February move and yeah. that at this point with the way that this team is constructed and how good the rest of the NFL is I am perfectly fine with making <laughs> December February moves so yeah a lot of mid <laughs> yeah a lot of mid yes all right Joel Penfield our guy how does Andy scheme up something for Tony's first NFL touchdown Christian you got any ideas? How they're going to try and get does, him. I think he does the what Josh Gordon did for his touchdown, where he's on the outside, comes in motion towards the quarterback, and they just quick snap it, and he mm-hmm. just kind of falls into the end zone. Just real yeah. quick. I mean, uh, yeah, they, they want to get those guys. Andy, Andy wants to get so many of those guys. They tried it with Kelvin Benjamin, too. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it, like these guys that they integrate, they want to get them those looks. We're going to see it. It's going to be on a tunnel screen like that or a bubble mm-hmm. screen or something like that. We're going to see a lot of jet motion from Kadarius Tony. We have seen a lot of jet motion from Kadarius Tony in the Giants offense this year already. The couple of games that he played, that man is running. You guys are going to be watching him and you're going to be like, hey, yep, they, they got him on the Tyree Kill workout plan right there. You know, they're just the back and for the back and forth before the snap even happens. So, yeah, just lots of running. They'll give him one of those, and I think they'll get something to the outside, get him a touchdown. So, you think he throws the ball this year? Ooh, I'll tell you what. We made this joke routinely when we were at the Senior Bowl that year that Kadarius Tony was there. It had an iffy Senior Bowl, dropped some passes. You know, it mm-hmm. got open easily against every one of those quarter cornerbacks. Also, didn't get much help from his quarterbacks that year. Nobody could throw the ball particularly well. So we made the joke that Kadarius Tony, who was rifling them back to the quarterbacks from the end zone, threw a much prettier ball and was the best quarterback that that team had to offer. That man can chuck it. Like, think Travis Kelsey winding up and chucking the ball in that game that got intercepted. Like, it was that level of velocity coming off of Kadarius Tony's head. So, I mean, I'm just, you, you might be onto something there. Maybe, maybe a little bit there. All right, let's go with Leighton Y44. Does the Tony trade increase or decrease the odds of reciting Juju this offseason? Christian, I'll let you take this one. I don't think they're related. I think they're a little bit different. I don't think they play the same. I mean, Tony's a man beater. Juju's yeah. his own beater. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think the connection that Mahomes and um, Juju are showing over the last couple of weeks, the trust that they have with the back shoulder stuff, I think it's, I think they're not, I think what Juju does this rest next 10 games is going to be more indicative of whether or not they bring him back or not. Yeah. I, w- I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I I don't think that it's indicative. I think it's more indicative of McColl. And, and maybe that's yeah. something that they just kind of always knew. You know, maybe McColl's price is going to be big. I, I think that we're going to be looking at that. McColl might get the Christian Kirk deal. And if McColl gets the Christian Kirk deal, I mean, that's just one of those. As Chiefs fans, like regardless if you love McColl Hardman or not, you're probably looking at that and going, hey, man, good for you, but have fun get our wherever it pick. is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the comp pick. I think that somebody will fall in love with him, kind of like Brett Veach has with this, and kind of like I have with Trey Coffee. You know, if you've been getting your coffee from the grocery store and you're drinking the same thing every day, like you're getting yourself into a rut, maybe you don't know what to pick. You're staring at the, all the coffee. There's so much over there. 
you should get a hold of Trade Coffee because they are going to give you fresh roasts delivered to your doorstep from local roasters from around the country. They are a coffee subscription service that makes it simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day without any fancy equipment. They partner with the nation's top-rated independent roasters, and they send you coffee that you know that you'll love, fresh to your home and on your schedule, and you get to support small local businesses, which is a win-win. So whether you're new to coffee or you know exactly what you want, Trade makes it very convenient to discover the new ones. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make it at home. So I love making French coffee or uh, French press coffee, and I love the whole beans. I want to grind it fresh every single day. So Trade Coffee would send me exactly what I wanted so that I could do that. So Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That is drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your coffee subscription. All right, let's get right back into the questions here. B.A. Cyclone, another question from him here. What does Tony bring to the offense that we don't really have? Is this more for 2023 and onward? This is kind of, we discussed this a little bit in the lab, but I want to expound on this a little bit more. Kadarius Tony, as Christian mentioned there, is a Superman beater. Now, he maybe not has, he maybe hasn't realized that yet, realized that ceiling yet, doesn't do it as consistently as you want him to do, but has all the traits of somebody that is a Superman beater. But people are going to look at him, kind of try and slot him in a McColl role, in a Tyree Kill role. He's also this big physical guy that still fits in with the rest of the wide receiver core. Like you look at his measurables, he's, he, he's kind of a, quote unquote, small guy. He's under the 30th percentile and height, weight, arm length, all that stuff. But he runs through people. He's got great contact balance. He's built really well and really wide. And so you've got a guy that can be a man beater, win on a slant, win on a drag, win on a comeback, gain separation on a dig route. And he's also going to have some of the ability to run through somebody like we've seen Juju do so far this season. That type of of player in an Andy Reid offense is a potential game breaker. So it doesn't matter who else you have. The ability to create yards after the catch is important for Andy, as we have seen with all of his receivers so far. But the ability to do it through a defender and the ability to create separation away from a defender are something that the Chiefs don't have regularly right now. And I love that that could be this guy. Could there's a lot of ifs in that statement, but I think that's what you're banking on. That's what you're looking at and you're saying, hey, if this guy hits his ceiling, what is he? He's that. And it's not a Tyree Kill. It's not a McColl. It's not a specific thing. It It's just a kind of one-on-one guy. Maybe maybe you look at him as a Debo, although Debo is way bigger, but maybe you look at yeah. him as like a Debo or something like that. That's just this kind of game-breaking weapon that's going to be able to take anything to the house and beat up on your corners all game long. All right. Fish, fish. Uh, what's your ideal trade before the deadline that includes sending McCall Hardman away? Listen to, listen to this man trying to get rid of McCall Hardman. He just scored three touchdowns, and you want to send him away. <laughs> I know. I think everybody looks at the wide receiver room right now, and they're just like, hey, listen, this is getting crowded. And then Nate Taylor's comment about how, hey, Odell Beckham Jr. could still be here. All right. Now you look at it, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, you should trade away a wide receiver then because like it's it's too too congested. And so I understand where Fish is coming from because it makes perfect sense. McColl's the guy with the highest value that they could probably deal with losing based on who they would add there. So what's an ideal trade before the deadline for you, Christian, that would involve McColl? I mean, no one does player for player anymore. So you're looking no. at no. Yeah, you are. You're looking at picks. It, this isn't the NBA. We're not going to see a, a, a three-team player-for-player trade. We have to We have to get to that point where we're doing player-for-players midseason. That's what we <laughs> add in sign-in trades. That's what we need in the NFL. But I don't know. Could you? I don't even think you can get a second rounder out of them. Like You're looking at like a third, fourth, later on day three. I, I just 
I mean, the consistent production, but I mean, he's still 24, 25, mm-hmm. like he's somewhere in there. Probably hasn't hit his peak yet. Still, still learning how to be a wide receiver. So you're going to have to hope that that offense is looking for just some kind of game breaker, similar to what we got with Kadarius Tony. So I know. I mean, I just don't yeah, think I, for this year the Chiefs are going to do that when they have high aspiration because that's McColl's a player that you could use in in Buffalo in January mm-hmm. to you know break things open. Yeah, Whether it's on a punt return or a gadget play or even those deep overs that he was hitting throughout the game. Yeah, you, you're not <laughs> – That I understand. Now, again, you add Odell Beckham Jr., I'm going to be a little bit like, okay, like there's only so many sense. snaps to get around. I Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But so through that lens, you know, maybe maybe in that instance, yeah, I think you're maybe getting – an early third rounder. I know that people are going to look at Kadarius Tony and say, well, he was just drafted. He was just a first rounder and the chiefs only got, you know, paid a pick 100 essentially and a six round draft pick. Yeah. But Kadarius Tony hasn't stayed healthy. Nicole Hardman has largely been healthy. I know he's been working through a heel issue and played through it. Like that means stuff to GMs and, you know, really tough. Some of that stuff out. He does have that vertical speed. He does have that kick return ability. He is still dangerous with the ball in his hands. I could see somebody offering a top of the third round pick, but I'm with you. I don't. I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if that's enough for what he can do. More valuable to us. Yeah. At, at that point, I think he's more valuable to Kansas City, unless you're going out and you're getting an Odell Beckham Jr. Corey Peter actually asked about Odell Beckham Jr. Nate Taylor sent something about that, so we'll we'll go ahead and. Move on from that. Brandon W. I'm I'm reticent to even read this one. So, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. it. Says Christian, describe your preparation to do 21 questions with Craig. Hashtag Craig is great. I'm assuming there was some sort of Rocky ass training montage involved. Now, if there is a Rocky ass training montage involved, I hope your wife filmed it because i also need to see that uh there wasn't um <laughs> it was i mean uh, to be honest like this is my first kcsn pod i was a little nervous um but you know it, there's no one better to talk football with than your pals so that's uh it was that was just kind of sorry sorry it's not a yeah. fun answer <laughs> no no that is a good one christian and i have known each other for a while uh you know we've been talking for yeah. a long time and so this, this is not something where it's just like oh hey christian's part of our team we don't really we've known christian for a long time so this is this is old hat for us we've been talking football for years and years at this point yeah it, it's, it's yeah. been a while so yeah <laughs> so all right andy nagel what team is best set up to beat kansas city and which team is kc best set up to beat beat uh you have any that jumped to mind real quick i don't want to take one of yours so i got uh, i got a couple in my holster i mean i th- i think you look at the the bills they're set up well mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go with the chargers and actually if the playoffs were to start this week it would be the chiefs against the chargers that that's your two seven matchup right there yep. and that's yep. the one that gives me the biggest pause because they have two great edge rushers and they have secondary that could slow down travis kelsey mm-hmm that right there is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Now they've got, they've got all kinds of injuries on their side now that they're dealing with, and they're not going to be at full strength when they play again in like three or four weeks or whatever it is. But it's it's the Chargers, and not only that, I was just talking about the defense. You still have a guy who can launch the ball from any angle and does crazy stuff, and Justin Herbert as well. So yeah, and yeah. you add in the unpredictability of Brandon Staley, just that chaos factor alone. They're the ones that give me the most pause. As oh, much yeah. as we see, you know, NFL is a whole lot of mid right now. When I looked at the playoff matchups, I was like, really? Our 7 2 7 matchup right now is the starting? Are you kidding me? You couldn't get the Browns or the Steelers again or a bye or nothing. No, we yeah, the Chargers. Sort, it'll it'll so, sort itself out again. Yeah. The Chargers were going to be one of mine. They they really were. I, that, that they are. I, it's just the way that they're built. The types of players that they have yeah. just don't match up per, uh, well with the receivers. Awesome oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, that being said, Chiefs fully believe that the Chiefs are going to just 
go through them in in a couple of weeks here. So don't get me wrong here. I'm not not scared of them necessarily, but hypothetically at full strength, that that's a little bit of a, a terrifying little thing. Luckily, they'll never be at full strength. Uh, <laughs> regarding the Chiefs, um, I don't know. I, I mean, the 49ers were one of those uh, team that plays a lot of zone that the Chiefs just matched up really well with. If they didn't have Nick Bosa on that defensive line, that would be one that I would just clearly say. You know, it's like the Chiefs, advantage Chiefs, like at this point, just because mm-hmm. that's scary for them. That the, the way that they do things is very terrifying. So I I, I would say maybe them. Um, I am a little scared. I know I talked about them earlier. I'm a little scared about the Eagles. Uh, I like what they're doing is, you know, they got a legit number one pass rusher in Robert Quinn. Now Their secondary is pretty decent. I like some of the pieces along that defensive line alongside Robert Quinn. That's going to free some stuff up for some of these really good players, young players or old players in Fletcher Cox's case. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen Hurts is playing phenomenal football right now and scary with his legs. A lot of confidence, and those receivers are really good. A.J. Brown is awesome. Devonta Smith is awesome. So, I mean, trying to say, hey, rookie corners, go handle those dudes. Scary to me. <laughs> that's, that's a little scary to me. So, all right. Uh, Chief Sand Tyler, what's your reasonable, ideal trade for Veach to make before the deadline? He's asking for you to call your shot. I did mine on the lab this week, so I'll, I'll kind of leave it to you reasonable but obviously not trading the whole farm for brian burns here i mean i think if you can get there on pain mm. i think mm-hmm. that i think that'd be a really fun just to add more interior um you've seen chris jones line up on the edge and have some success there kind of targeting some right tackles that aren't as good if you can have him on the outside doing things every once in a while and then you still have that interior push I think that could be fun and interesting. Now, as far as what is reasonable to give up for that, I mean, we don't have a third round pick now to throw at it, or I really don't want to throw a second. But as a player that I really, really would like, that maybe we're not talking enough about, I think that would be fun. Yeah, Deron Payne, good football player. He and Jonathan Allen are really good. And I'm curious, you know, you can look at that and say, how good is he really? Like Jonathan Allen's so good. Is he good because he's playing next to Jonathan Allen? Maybe he's not as good. Guess who? He, next to Chris yeah, Jones. yeah, guess who he gets to play next to? Yeah, it's like yeah, no, that's that would be good. That would be one that I think does move the needle because as it stands, that position right now has some question marks to it. the the yeah. The nose tackles have not been playing quite as well as we expect. Colin Saunders is having a career year right now, but he's only one dude and he's, and he's kind of cycling into three tech and one tech. He's backing up both of those positions. If you go out and you get a guy that can be a true difference maker, that can play a little bit more nose and give you some pass rush presence. I mean, he's already got three and a half sacks this year. Like he, he's been really, really good. So I would like that one. Um, If you can get him. Oh man. I don't know that Washington would wait and take the three. I think that they might want a two, but I don't know. They got to pay him. I think that's the, that's the thing. So I, I, I always have trouble judging that. If you can get him for a three, I'd probably be ecstatic with that move because he gives they're you such just a, another dude. They're just such a dumpster fire. You just kind of have to wait for them to realize it. Yeah. I, I don't know. What are they doing for Carson Wentz? They just threw junk for Carson Wentz. So. They did. They did. And I mean, yeah, yeah at this point dangle a sixth in front of him and just say, Hey, what, what do you want to, here you go. You like it? Yeah. Just see what happens. <laughs> All right. Um, Mike Denny, our pal, what are you looking forward to on this beautiful bye week man? I'm going to go to the park with my kids on a Sunday. You know, I don't get to do that very often. So I, I'm really looking forward to going out there, having fun, getting to play with them a little bit and not being, you know, worried about when I got to be back for football or watching, you know, the early slate, getting myself in that mindset. I can just kind of, I'm still going to watch plenty of football. Don't get me wrong, but I don't have to be anywhere or have to do anything specific. So I'm going to do that. How about you, bud? So my daughter is two. And so this is her first Halloween. We're actually realizing what's going on. So it falling on a Saturday and a Monday, 
just means I get to hang out with her and eat all her candy because she's too little to have any. <laughs> uh, man, I'm so excited for that. She's we we drive around our neighborhood and she's looking at witches and ghosts and all the decorations and stuff like that. And so I'm stoked for that. Oh, that's awesome. It's the best. That first year is the absolute best. I remember my daughter hit it too. And it just, when it starts to click and they start to realize mm -hmm. that all the holidays, everything like that, it's just so fun to see it through their eyes for the first time. It's, it's, yeah. If we're going to so have awesome. a, if we're going to have an early bye week doing one on Halloween, was, it's kind of nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six up real nice. Did we have a, was it Thanksgiving last year? The, the, mm -hmm. There was the buy it, man. Thanks. Thanks, NFL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Nick asks you here. And I, I love this question. It's great. Nick, Nick helped us out at the golf tournament, was a big helper. So mm -hmm. shout out to Nick here as well. But he asks, what were you most proud of from the golf tournament this year? And what's something you'd look to add or change next year? So with the with the golf tournament, first off, if you were one of those that got to come out and play or help out, I really can't thank you enough for that and how much it's going to help out with what we're trying to do with the foundation. Uh, the things I like is some of the things that I kind of thought ahead of, like registration forms, <laughs> just raffle things, and like just some of like the news, like the small things you don't think about you having to need, like just small stuff. Those yeah. were all ready to go. Like you always think of the big stuff, but we actually had some of the little stuff thought out too. For our first big event, it was just kind of nice. Yeah. Um, the thing I want to change next year is I want to have hopefully have a couple more volunteers to help us out from hole to hole for the contest because some people weren't stuck. They could kind of move around. And then I'm going to bring my golf cart next year. I actually am lucky enough to have one, and it goes 30 miles an hour, not eight. So when I <laughs> from one end of the course to the other end of the course, I can get there in less than 30 minutes. Um, because it took me forever to try to help run food or run this or that to different people. So, uh, getting my faster golf cart is going to help. I, I, I will say this. I drove the beer cart with Maddie who had himself a very good time. Um, I drove the beer cart with Maddie and when that, that beer cart was weighed down there at the beginning, boy, getting up hills. Like <laughs> it was get out and push a little bit because it, it, it was a little bit of a struggle to get all that. So next year, I think I think I'm gonna like just start selling beer before people take the course. <laughs> just be like as yeah. they're breaking to get to the course, be like, come get it, come get it. Yeah. So. I think having two beverage carts mm -hmm. one I think for that would be great. I think yeah, yes. there's definite things that I we've kind of thought of and written down. It's like, okay, we definitely want to do this again, definitely want to add this. This maybe not necessary, so right. Uh, we're really yeah. excited for next year. Uh, probably not going to do it on the the week after a Monday night game, and then the same <laughs> week as the biggest game of the year. That was a little challenging for all uh, of us. It, it was. It but was. It was one of those. It's like I I needed to be up for the Bills game. I wanted to be more up for the Bills game, but because we were doing everything for the golf tournament, it was like, well, that is that is the thing that's over here, and we're compartmentalizing it all. And I'm sure, yeah. Trying to do it a little bit different weekend would be awesome. Now watch, yeah, you're going to schedule that, and the NFL is just going to be like, so you thought, and put it just a... <laughs> yeah, because you have to plan that way out in advance before you even know what the schedule is. But Right, um, absolutely. I mean, we have people coming in from all of all out of town to mm -hmm. be there, and again, I, if you guys who did come out uh, and, or traveled in, just I can't thank you guys enough. Absolutely, absolutely. It was awesome. And you know what else is awesome? The people over at liquid death now you may be walking through the grocery store looking around and you may be thinking am i a macadoodles because look at all these tall boys they're they're everywhere like i i didn't realize that that we had such an elite beer selection that's not beer that is water from liquid death now why is it called liquid death well because let me put on my good kent voice here it will brutally murder your thirst. <laughs> Their infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. You know, plastic, it's so hard to recycle now. It's in the air, it's in the water, it's everywhere. Like, it's all over the place here. Aluminum is a lot more recyclable, so they are going that way. They are trying to help kill off plastic elements of this now 
I've had liquid death. I've cracked a couple open. I cracked some open when we were at the KCSN golf tournament. It is a highly refreshing drink. So make sure that you go out there, you find it, murder your own thirst. And if you're looking, saying, hey, where can I get this? Go get liquid death at your local Target, Walmart, 7-Eleven. Find liquid death at a retailer using the store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That is liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Poor kid. So we actually have liquid death at, our, at the grocery stores where I live. Mm-hmm. I get it all the time. It's so good. They have it like in the big 12 packs and then just like the single servings. Yeah. And I, I was really like, what is this? Like it's the coolest can and the coolest thing <laughs> at the grocery store. It was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> all right. Finisher out here. We got Casey from KC asking us. I seem to recall the Chiefs like Tony coming out. Am I right? And what do they like about him? Is that regional scout still with the Chiefs? I honestly don't know about the regional scout, but that is a great. You no, know, you're 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 barking up the right tree there, Casey from KC. But yes, they absolutely did like him. We heard leading up to the draft from multiple people. We heard at the Senior Bowl from multiple people. The Chiefs were in on Kadarius Tony. And so this definitely feels like Brett Veach seeing an opportunity. We've seen it before, you know, with Mike Hughes. We've seen it with DeAndre Baker. We've seen it with guys like this where Brett Veach liked a guy. And he went, you know what? This first-round pick, if it falls to us, we're not going to reach for him. But if it falls to us, we're going to take the guy. Obviously, those players went before the Chiefs had an opportunity to draft him the value that they wanted to. And then they come back around. Brett Veach obviously stays on the phones at all times. Just waited for the earliest possible opening to be able to get a guy. Usually, Christian, though, it doesn't it doesn't happen after a year and a half. But I mean, no. like it's but they definitely like the guy. Yeah, and you know, you think of alternate universes, you know, they start their draft prep, you know, super early. It's not after the Super Bowl. No. And if, if you know, if Eric Fisher doesn't go down and we're not scrambling to find a left tackle, who knows if he was would have been an option there or if they would have still went with Nick Bolton with that first pick. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Hmm. Alternate universe there. All right. Isaac Hugh asked if four of you, the lab crew and Christian, were to team up to play Call of Duty, how many games would you win out of three? Christian, how often do you you're terrible? Okay. So so I'm pretty sure Ken's terrible too. He's going to hear this and then I'm going to hear all about it in the DMs as well. I'm going to put myself just above Kent in that regard. We're still going to win three out of three because Maddie used to be a ranked Call of Duty player. He's just going to throw us all on his back. We're going to, like, as Kelsey talked about in the New Heights pod, where he was there with Jason Kelsey, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really yeah. good at playing with a group of people that know what they're doing. I'm just like, there's a dude over there. He's got two shots on him. Like, it's that's, that's going to be my contribution. Just let yeah. Maddie go around and clean house. Yeah, I, I play video games as a zone out, so I'll just play, you know, FIFA or Madden or something. Yeah. I don't play the shooting games because <laughs> I'll inevitably run into guys like Maddie, and I'm like, I'm just dying every time. I'm not, I'm not yeah. having any fun. <laughs> All right, Lee87 asks here, here's my question for both of you. If you had to choose a dog breed to represent each member of the KCSN crew, what breed is each person? Let's not do every one. Um, let's, let's, let's pick. Christian, you got any that come to mind there? Uh, I like. So I actually did a little research. Okay, <laughs> I want to hear this. I, I'm just letting you, let, you take this away. So, I want to hear this. I've got Tucker as a Labrador Retriever. Yes. Golden Retriever. Checks out. Super positive. Puppy all the time. Just likes to be around people. Just the most enjoyable person in the world. Probably zero focus. I have... I have... Sorry. I have... I have Craig as a Great Dane. Uh, it says here, no surprise that Great Danes are bred to work their size along with their alert demeanor to make them excellent guard dogs. Um, they're patient with children and family because you're always patient with us, calling you great all the time. <laughs> and uh, a total joy to be around. Uh, 
Uh, I hate that last part, but yeah, okay. I'm <laughs> and then the next I have one for BJ, which is just a Doberman pitcher, which is just the royalty of the dog world again. Protectors and their energy uh, make them good companions for outdoor activities, and uh, their fearless nature may require you to be a bit more conservative. You know, go get fearless. It. Yeah, he'll go get it. He'll go get <laughs> it. There. He juggles everything and just goes and gets it. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Let's see here. Last one from Will Yoder. Any theories on what Tony and the Giants staff couldn't see eye to eye on? I doubt it could be any major red flags. If Kafka didn't warn Andy, I would agree with that sentiment. Maybe asking him to run block too much, him having a diminished role. Um, I can say watching the film, they didn't ask him to run block too much. Like that wasn't that wasn't an element of it. I, I Christian, you you want to you want to take the start of this? I, I have several theories, so I I'm, I'm gonna let you jump in, and I'll just kind of fill in behind it. I mean, if if you only see him as a gadget player, mm-hmm. and you don't have gadgets for him. Mm-hmm. And which doesn't really feel like a Brian Dable thing to do with all of kind of the unique things they're doing with Saquon. But if he doesn't kind of fit in as far as the how you're trying to be multiple, then it's difficult to try to bring him on when they're going to be like, hey, what's that dude doing over here? So I just think that he, you know, the GM drafted uh, Wandale, and I think that they were like, this is going to be our slot guy. And we're good to go. Yeah. I I think that that's in large part what it is. You know, Brian Dable likes Wandale Robinson more than he liked Kadarius Tony. Period. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that Kadarius Tony's not valuable. It means that he looked at that guy and he said, I would rather have that guy. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the direction that mm-hmm. they went. I do think that that's part of the diminished role element of it. I definitely think that they didn't see eye to eye on his injury. I don't know. It kind of makes it seem like maybe, yeah, Tony leaned more towards the I'm healthy enough to play and they leaned more towards the no, you're not. And so that that's that's odd. It's usually the opposite of that when we when we hear from players and teams. So I, I do think that there's some of that. And then, you know, like it is. It, it happens in new regimes all the time. It really does. And it doesn't have to be any one singular player that they like more than the other. It could just be the approach to the way that they handle things. Brian Dable, Mike Kafka could easily just be sitting there and going, hey, listen, guys, you know, I this guy doesn't gel with our wide receiver room the way that we want him to. We're, we've got a very clear vision of how we want this offense to be built around Daniel or some elements of the you know of the receiving core or Saquon or whatever the case may be. And we don't know that Kadarius really fits in with the kind of mentality or whatever. That doesn't mean that he doesn't fit in in Kansas City. Could fit right in for all we know. So we'll, we'll see the results of that and how much fruit that tree bears. But it is very interesting to see because, again, as we mentioned earlier, you don't see guys give up on – talented high ceiling players very often and you especially don't see it happen a year and a half in that's it's it is very interesting so we'll get yeah. there but all right, all right I, I got a quick one for you okay i got a quick one right okay. now your afc division leaders yes buffalo baltimore tennessee and kansas city yep how many of those, or which one is the most vulnerable to you to not end up as the division winner? Oh, that is tough because my automatic response is Tennessee, but the rest of that division is awful. <laughs> they are. Jacksonville's yeah. competitive every week, but they can't win. Like, Doug, Doug can't get them over the finish line. He's getting them there. They just can't get over the finish line. Yeah, but, they're already two uh, and five. Yeah, that's not good. But then again, I don't know that I I like the I don't like the the Ravens division any better. Like I don't I, I don't really like what anybody else is doing any more than I like that. Lost Jamar Chase for six weeks. That's four or six weeks. right. I think that Cincinnati's going to fall off a cliff here without Jamar Chase for a little while. 
So because of that, I just it, if if he was healthy, that's an easy one for me to pick just because the, the Ravens mm-hmm. haven't looked super awesome there. I'm gonna go Tennessee just because I believe in them less as as a team than I believe in some of the other ones, even though I still think that they're gonna win that division. There'll still be a playoff team, and who knows, maybe they'll figure it out in December and then all of a sudden they'll be scary. Mike Vrabel's a hell of a coach. So I we, we'll get there when we get there, but I'm going to pick them just because I think they are the most or the the least best team of those guys. So. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take the NFC. So right now you have the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Seattle Seahawks. And the easy one is the Seahawks to say because their expectations were so low. I think the oh, yeah. for them was like five or six. Oh, games, yeah. So they're already yeah. at 43. I think it's going to be the Vikings. I uh, are the Packers going to turn it around? Is that what this is? Packers. I think I think this is one of those. In two weeks, you're going to have a Aaron Rodgers spell and relax. Yeah, and it's going yeah. to flip around, and we're going to be like, oh yeah, of course they were a great offense. They, yeah, they have it's not because it's not the Lions. We know it's not the Lions. As much as we love yeah. Dan Campbell, but it's not the Lions. But and I just, yeah. I, you can't trust Kirk Cousins. I, I, Kent, I you just became him. Kent Swanson's very favorite person. I cannot trust him to win a division. Yeah, I, I, I just don't trust him to win a division with Aaron Rodgers in it. As, as wild as Aaron Rodgers is playing this. The, yeah, I'm with you. Well, they got they got too many good offensive minds in that room that something will get figured out there i'm with you yeah all right that's gonna do it hey christian buddy thank you so much for joining me this was a blast it was awesome thank you all for listening please like share subscribe hit the button down there it really helps us out give us five stars give us a review we love you so much if you're listening out there remember you are helping build this you are helping us build what we can bring to the community from a charitable donation everything like that so stay tuned we'll be doing stuff throughout the year and this man that's doing this with me is going to help us bring it to the community so we really appreciate that thank you all so much for listening be kind to each other and we'll catch you later this is the story of the one As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.